The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Business Unusual brought to you by Workforce Staffing. Workforce Staffing providing employment solutions that support staff and profits alike. Colin Cullis has been looking at a really interesting phenomenon, and that is the phenomenon of skyscrapers. Um, I wonder whether they're ever going to be necessary again. Just the existing ones, never mind new ones, Colin Cullis. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Bruce, there was uh, the Seg Plaza in Shenzhen that was uh, trending on social media because it started wobbling when the buildings around it weren't. There wasn't particularly bad weather. There wasn't any earthquakes. Um, It was wobbling. And people were seen running furiously away from the building, capturing it on social media and sharing the videos. Um, And and that might have been just a, a strange phenomenon, a very large building, as tall as the Eiffel Tower, having a bit of a wobble and, and you know, just weird. Uh, but it did it again a few days later and a few days again after that, uh, leading the owners and the authorities to have to evacuate the building, uh, 72 floors worth, uh, and effectively they still don't know what's causing it. And uh, given that it was one of the big towers, massive skyscrapers built during the early part of China's boom, I wondered how many other buildings may be in a similar position where given when they were built about 20, 25 years ago and the speed at which they were built, and in this particular case, not necessarily with all of those things necessarily known about how to construct super tall buildings uh, that we know now uh, taken into account, if if the cost for building them then and the supposed returns everybody thought you'd get for building a big city is simply to build up, if they aren't going to come, uh, you know, the the chickens aren't going to come home to roost, as it were, and we're going to start finding very expensive repair bills, if if worse, for 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 being able to deal with these things, uh, and that's compounded if you think about the fact that uh, post pandemic, the notions of having lots of people come into a city and all big big office tower blocks is probably something that a lot of people are saying, well, I'd actually maybe prefer an alternative to that than something else. So. Might this be an inflection point for skyscrapers? Are we still likely to keep building big ones? Uh, or is it likely to, to go a little different? And in researching it, I really was blown away by just how amazingly massive the construction industry has become over the last little while, particularly focused around places like Japan and China. Um, there is a, a book called How Cities Will Fossilize, in which the author noted that uh, the, the planet's been growing for billions of years. Humans have started building a couple of thousand years ago, but we really sort of uh, got busy in the last couple of hundred years. And that 300 years ago, there was one place on the planet only where there were more than a million of us gathered together in Edo in Japan. Now there are over 500 cities with more than a million people. And Tokyo, still in Japan, is the largest 37 million people living in a single city. Now, for comparison, 37 million people, that's almost two-thirds the entire population of South Africa. The difference is, is that entire population of Tokyo lives in an area only slightly larger than the area of Johannesburg. That's how dense Japan is. And the entire country is done that way. And following the Second World War, where there was a lot of devastation, uh, both Europe uh, and Japan did a lot of rebuilding. So a lot of concrete was used then. And America themselves had went into boom time, so uh, went, went crazy with the buildings. And again, in this book, they were saying that between uh, then and now, the, the built environment that humans have constructed now weighs more than the weight of all the living things on the planet. All of the forests, all of the people, all of the animals, our built environment now weighs more than that. And if we took all the poured concrete, poured since the end of the Second World War till now, you could pave the entire planet, land and sea, Obviously not a very thin or a very thick layer, 
Uh, and I still struggle to get my head around that because if you think about the size of our oceans and that there is enough concrete that's been poured in cities all over the place that you can, you can cover the entire thing, it is absolutely staggering to imagine. But nowhere more so than China and the way that it's been building. Because besides having the world's largest concrete structure, which is the Three Gorges Dam, which they finished in about 2000 and 2008, with 27 million cubic meters of concrete. I can't get my head around what that number is, it's too big. No. But what I can get my head around is that the steel inside that structure is enough to build 63 Eiffel Towers. And that's obviously a lot. And the crazy thing was this. In 2013, they had a look at, at the statistics of what uh, China was actually using in terms of building. And they determined that what China used from 2010 to 2013, 6.6 .6 gigatons of concrete exceeded the total amount of concrete used in the US from 1901 to 2000. What it took a century for America to do, China did in three years. And while South Africa, Africa's tallest building now is the Leonardo in Johannesburg, uh, 227 meters tall, opened in 2019, tallest thing in all of Africa. If you go to Shanghai, you will find not one, but 30 buildings all taller than the Leonardo, and the tallest one almost three times its height. This is the point at which I was really thinking with, with so much construction happening in China and, and the rate at which it has been, been growing, the kind of maintenance bill, the kind of bill that might come back to, to bite them if, if things don't work quite so well is going to be astounding. And the crazy thing is the construction uh, industry given that it produces so much cement and concrete, it's an enormous carbon footprint to make cement in the first place. But it's also very people intense. So when you've got this huge industry producing these materials and then a workforce that needs to go along with it, and again, in China, the workforce involved in construction is about the size of South Africa's entire population. And so now that their, their own uh, construction is sort of slowly tapering off, they need to keep that flywheel going. And this is a big part of how the old Belt and Road Initiative has seen them turn uh, their gaze from building in China to building across the rest of Southeast Asia and in Africa. Not necessarily, again, uh, for everybody's benefit or for projects that are next going to suit us. Uh, and so now the, the future, I suppose, is to determine, uh, is this the sustainable way to go? Uh, or do we have to reset how we build it? And, and if I can return finally to the notion of, of the Eiffel Tower, it was the tallest structure at one point on the planet uh, built as a showcase. But then if you look at the skyline of uh, Paris, it very rarely exceeded that. In fact, there, there is a bit of a skyscraper section district in, in Paris, but it doesn't exceed the height of, of, of the Eiffel Tower, in part because Paris's underground is so full of tunnels and things from, from its past that it simply can't build very high. But that has almost saved it from having to deal with these horrible skyscraper uh, elements that aren't very good. Some cities like Seoul have managed to find a balance and, 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 and work with both of them. And so the, the question now for us is to see how well will humanity be able to find that balance, build buildings for people, not people for buildings, and find a way to pay for all of the very expensive, not just for construction, but maintenance that it's invariably going to require. But those statistics, Colin, I mean, they're a, ston a stunning number of incredible statistics. I'm going to have to go back to the podcast to get them all. But it's just uh, the podcast will be up shortly after the show, by the way. Colin Cullis, thank you. Uh, with Business Unusual this evening.